This is the Worth Recovery Podcast, featuring women in addiction. Welcome back to Worth Recovery, a podcast featuring women and addiction. My name is Amy. I'm your host here. I've been sober since December 2nd of 2012. Also, I'm a a food and sex addict. Just putting it out there. I'm excited to bring episode 79 to you today, which is the continuation of our preview of the therapists that are going to be speaking to us at our event in January, Engaged in the Struggle. Engaged in the Struggle is our Worth Recovery event coming up on January 21st in 2017. So that's just about a month away, just about four weeks away. These events were started and designed as a way for all of us women and others, friends that want to support women in recovery, to come together and to spend time together to support each other, to learn together, and to change and further our recovery. And it doesn't matter what you're recovering from. Maybe you're recovering from sex addiction like me or food addiction like me. Maybe you're recovering from dysfunctional family of origin issues. Maybe you're recovering from your own codependence from a family member that has an addiction. Maybe you're you're not a woman. (laughs) Maybe you're a man who wants to come and learn about these things. All of you are welcome. Anyone is welcome that wants to come and learn and support this cause of women in recovery from whatever that addiction or dysfunction might be. Now, Engaged in the Struggle is the title and the theme of our event. I want to share with you really quickly, I've been reading a new book um, by Brendan Bruchard. It's called The Motivation Manifesto, and I love it. Totally love it. He writes in his foreword here, or in the preface, not the foreword, the preface, he says, let us remember that humanity's story has only two perennial recurring themes, struggle and progress. We mustn't wish the end of the former as the latter would be buried alongside it. I love that thought. I've been just thinking about that and reading this book. Struggle and progress are the two recurring themes of humanity. Struggle and progress. And I just love how he says we mustn't wish the end of the former, struggle, as the latter, progress, would be buried alongside of it. I totally agree with that. The only way that we can make progress in recovery, recovery from whatever it is that we're recovering from, is to stay engaged in the struggle. And so I'm excited to be having this event in Salt Lake City in January, and I hope that you're going to join us. We have a number of people registered already. I'm super excited about that. We have three amazing therapists who are going to be sharing their expertise with us. Candace Christiansen will be speaking on trauma, the trauma wound. Lou Duke will be speaking about shame resilience. And Jackie Pack is going to be speaking about boundaries. And Jackie is the interview that we had today. Now, this isn't quite on boundaries. Um, This is about consent. And I'm super excited to bring you this interview with Jackie Pack today. Okay, I am so excited to be sitting here with Jackie Pack. Jackie is um, a therapist at Healing Paths. 
here in the Utah area. She's actually my therapist at Healing Path. So yes, yes she is, which is totally <laughs> awesome. I'm glad about that. Uh, Jackie's a licensed clinical social worker, certified sex addiction therapist, and a supervisor. So she works with other therapists as well. She's also certified in multiple addictions um, and in EMDR and EFT and a variety of other things. Right. Uh, neurofeedback. Yes. Yep. All sorts of other things that deal with addiction and trauma which I'm really grateful for. And <laughs> so that's awesome. She has a practice here in Bountiful that just opened in 2011. Is that right? Right. Yep. Yeah. Where you specialize and the therapists here specialize in treating sex addiction. Yeah. So all of the therapists here, I think we're about at six therapists here. We really work as a team and all of us have experience treating addiction, but specifically sex or porn addiction. Yeah. Awesome. So I'm super excited that Jackie agreed to be here today, not only just here as we record this podcast, but Jackie's also going to be speaking at our Worth Recovery event in January, Engaged in the Struggle. Very excited. I'm super excited too, where she's going to be talking about boundaries and kind of boundary essentials and things like that. And I have noticed, and so the reason I kind of invited Jackie to be with us today is... um, I've noticed a lot in the media recently, the last six months, a year, maybe even, just a lot of talk about rape culture, a yeah. lot of talk about um, rape in general, uh, objectification, with the most recent comments in, in the political front about right. what's appropriate, what's not appropriate for people to be saying about women in general. And out of that, one of the big ideas that comes up for me and for a lot of women I talk to is this idea around consent. Mm-hmm. What is consent? What, you know, how how do I know if I'm consenting? If I'm not consenting, like, what does that exactly mean? Yeah, and kind of that whole mystery around consent when it has to do with sex. Well, so, so I think you know part of this is looking at historically we've kind of had this approach that says no means no. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem with that is, you know, for example, if you're unconscious, you can't say no. Right. So did you consent? No. Be, but you didn't say no. And and so I think, you know, it, when we put it in examples like that, really clearly we get this like, oh, wait. Saying that no means no really leaves a lot of spaces that are undefined and can be potentially dangerous for people. You know, um, th- there's also, you know, working with trauma people, There there is something that happens physiologically to our body where in certain situations we freeze and we may not be able to do or say anything, even no. Like people can say, well, how hard is it to say no? Well, it can be really difficult if you're in a freeze mode. Mm -hmm. So that's where, you know, being able to give consent and kind of this idea that saying no means no really doesn't quite cover all of the bases that we need to when we're talking about consent. Yeah. So we've seen places like in California, I think it was in 2015, that California, and this was in their academic setting, so like in their Title IX programs um, for higher education, started to say yes means yes. Mm. So if you don't have a yes, and as one of my friends would say, a yes is a high five and a hell yes. Like, <laughs> that's what we need when Not we're talking just about a, consent. Like, okay, sure. Right. But like a... Or like I say to my kids sometimes, I have teenagers, and so they'll be like, mom, can I go do this? No. Mom, can I go do this? No. Mom, can I go do this? And I'm like, just leave me alone. That's not consent. Right. So wearing somebody down 
is not getting their consent. That doesn't mean yes. If it's not an enthusiastic hell yes and a high five, then probably not. Or if they're saying, okay, but their body language isn't like, I'm totally into this, we probably don't have a yes. Yeah. Why, so like on that idea of wearing someone down, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's that's a story that I hear a lot or mm-hmm. am familiar with. And I just actually watched a YouTube video, I think yesterday, about it's just a list of women who, or a series of women who talk about why they didn't report their sexual um, trauma or abuse or what was going on. And one of the women said, you know, I had said no 15 times. And finally, at the last time, he wouldn't leave me alone. So I was like, fine, whatever. Yeah. And and she's like, and I felt I felt like I couldn't report that because I had given in at the end. And, Which and is so, so that sad that consent. she thought she gave consent, right? right? So I can't really report this because I finally said whatever. Right. Whatever is not consent. Right. So why do, women, why do men feel, and I, I mean, I don't want to be gender specific here. Why do people feel like they can wear someone down? Like it's okay to even ask 50 million times or push or push or push until they finally get that, what they feel is like consent or what they get feel yeah. is, is the option to do that. Well, I mean, I, I think this is pretty, can be complex where I think we've got a lot of issues. Number one being as human beings, we want what we want. So, you know, unless we've kind of had this place where, you know, we know, and I work on this sometimes with clients, where there are ways to try to negotiate getting what you want that are not harmful to yourself or the other person. And that's fine. You know, like if if my teenager comes and says, hey, mom, I really want to go to this concert this weekend. And I know that I had promised to do this for you. But if I do this and this and this instead, can I go to the concert and not do this on Saturday? Mm-hmm. Like that, I don't have a problem with, right? She's not being manipulative. She's not doing something that isn't above board and saying, hey, I want what I want. I want to be able to go to this concert this weekend with my friends. But I also know that I agreed to this. So I'm still being responsible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and that's where I think some of it, um, I, I mean, I do a whole presentation, right, on um, adult children and just how many children are masquerading as adults. So I think one of the ways that we act as a mature functional adult is that we know where our own limits are. Mm-hmm. We know where we begin and end. We know where somebody else begins and ends. And we have feelings that say like feelings of remorse or feelings of, hey, I'm, I'm violating a boundary. Mm-hmm. When I start to cross over into somebody else's space in order to take what I want. But, but that takes awareness, it takes maturity, it takes being able to meet our own needs. So there's a lot that goes into that. Right. But I think that is really this basic, I as an adult can meet my needs and wants. I can ask others to help me meet my needs and wants, but there are certain conditions I will not cross in order to get my needs and wants met. Mm-hmm. Like some of those being, I'm not going to damage another person. Right. Right. Like right. I'm not going to. I'm not going to take from somebody else that if they're not consenting to right. give that to me. Right. So in like in the world, I mean, you've explained this a little bit, but in a world where like a lot of, there's a lot of regulations and guidelines around consent, using 
like copyright rules, yeah. you know, pictures. I mean, mm-hmm. like all sorts of things that we go to extreme extents to protect, you right. know, that that uh, that intelligence, that object, whatever it is, right? Why in a world like that is sex still so fuzzy and still so shameful for people to talk about the consent or the issues that go into that? Well, I think what happens in the sexual realm is actually a reflection of what really is happening in outside of the sexual realm in our everyday life. So I, I think that we aren't very good at respecting copyright laws. I think we aren't very good. You know, with social media today, it is so easy. And I want to give a shout out to one of my fellow CSATs who I love and admire and respect, Mari Lee. She wrote a blog post, I think it was last week, mm-hmm. talking about, and I, I don't remember the name of it, but talking about how it's so difficult sometimes to give that professional shout out to somebody else that says, hey, I got this idea from so-and-so and I'm moving forward with it. Or if somebody says to you like, oh, this is such a great idea. I love that you're doing this. To be able to say, oh, yeah, I was talking to my friend and she gave me this idea, mm-hmm. right? It, it's just a way of saying I give acknowledgement to those in my life who are helping make me better at what I do. It doesn't it doesn't mean that I'm less than mm-hmm. because it didn't originate in my very own brain with no outside help. It's, it's more just kind of this um, tracking back kind of the channel of thought. And I think far more likely people are much more abundant with ideas when they know that you'll give credit but I think a lot of times we feel like I have to know everything and so if I start to say well this really great idea actually started in this conversation I had with a colleague then somehow that means I'm less than right but if I'm a functional mature adult who can grapple with my own issues of being enough I'm not put in that situation of needing to feel like me by myself can know everything, do everything, like nobody else contributed to that. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, you're saying that we're not good at boundaries in general. Yeah. Copy, and I think copyright it's, is, a, is a good example. Right. And right? I think it's so easy, and right? So sex would just be yep. even worse. Yeah. Right? Yep. I think one of the examples she used in her blog post was like, you know, maybe you put out an idea. Um, I don't think this was hers, but just kind of this, like on your Facebook page, maybe you say, hey, it's fall outside. What's the view from your window? And somebody else, all of a sudden, two hours later, you see somebody say the exact same thing Mm -hmm. without saying like, hey, got this great idea from so-and-so. What is the view outside your window? Right. We can just take and use their very words. And none of the people in our circle may even know that I just took that. Or we may not feel like I really took that idea. But in a way, we did. Right. Yeah, all the time. So so I think, you know, some of what we're looking at when we start to talk about consent is this idea of how do we live in community? Mm. And if we live in a community where we are nurturing what is given to us and we are giving to other people in nurturing ways, mm-hmm. then I think that's a much better background to start talking about consent than actually how we do live in community currently, which is kind of more of a every man for themselves. We kind of live in this very black and white thinking where you're either right or you're wrong. And it's, it's kind of this promotion of the self. Mm -hmm. So that leads into what I was going to ask next, which is just 
how do we start teaching better consent for women? Like I said, I watched this video over the weekend and I was just torn up watching these women talk about the reasons that they did not report the rape or the sexual abuse or whatever had happened to them. Mm -hmm. They were all adults when it happened and they were just, you know, giving reasons like they didn't, well, some of them were, I didn't think I'd be believed, you know, different Mm -hmm. types of things like that. Or some of them were these, this idea, like he asked and I said no, or, or I, I said no, but I didn't like, I didn't fight him. I didn't Mm -hmm. like scratch him. So there, one of the women said I didn't scratch him. So I obviously didn't fight hard enough. Right. And just this idea that like, I have to, I can't just say no. Like I right. have to physically fight in order to, to put, to, to be believed. Yeah. And it was just, it ripped me up. Like how do we start teaching consent in a better way? And maybe we start in the community with the way that we interact with people. Like you're saying, I don't know. what. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think for one, if, you know, if we can, I think it starts with our really young kids and talking to them about consent, you know, I think one of the harmful messages that we say sometimes, a lot of times with kids is this message that boys will be boys. I don't even know what that means. Like mm-hmm. boys will be boys and so they'll be destructive and have no idea of boundary violation. I mean, I know boys and I don't think that that's how they're wired, right? right. Like they're capable of more. And so, you know, I, I think it's it's that saying that, you know, boys will be be held accountable for their action and their words the same as anybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, but but what that might look like in preschool, right, is, um, and my kids are out of the preschool ages, but, you know, when they were young, there were times I had one of my kids was, you know, a pretty assertive child. Like, she didn't have a problem taking what she wanted. But there were times where I would say, hey, did you ask? if you could pick up that toy and she'd be like, well, he's not playing with it. And I'm like, okay, in the second that you picked it up, he was not playing with it, but he has been playing with it and his hand is not on it in this moment. That doesn't mean you go take it, you know? And so I would say, well, you, you need to ask. And then she'd kind of look at him and say, can I take this? (laughs) And you know, if he's a very shy, timid little boy, he'd look at her and be like, yeah. (laughs) And I'd be like, no, 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 no. That's not a yes. Because he doesn't know if he can say no to you. Right. So if the option to say no to somebody is never really an option, then are we ever really going to get a yes? Probably not. And we're never going to get a hell yes. <laughs> right. right? <laughs> There's no hell yes in that scenario. Right. And and so I think, you know, some of that is is we do have to give no more of an option. You know, I think for myself um, – I talked to a lot of women and their experience growing up was girls were supposed to be nice. Mm -hmm. And so if you got these messages as a female about needing to be nice and to care more about other people's feelings than your own, it's going to be really difficult to give a no. Right. And it might be difficult not to say yes. Right. You know, so we might kind of throw out a week like, yeah. And if he hasn't been raised that a weak yes is not a yes. A weak yes means uh, stop and explore mm-hmm. because that's that's not a yes. Then, then like you were listening to this YouTube video over the weekend, like people will move past that mm-hmm. and not even really think about what they're doing. Yeah. Or like when you're saying women are raised to be nice, there's the also the idea that I hear of like if I'm not giving it to him, then he's going to go somewhere else. 
mm-hmm. for sex, right? Yes. Like if, you know, I've got to take care of my man. Like, you know, that right. whole concept of like, I, I have an obligation here because that's, you know, that's what's required of right. me. We've been dating for a while. Right. And so, or I, I started it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that was one of the things I hear a lot is like, well, I, I started it. Like right. I started the kissing or I started this. Yeah. And then, you know, I felt like I, I had to finish it even though I didn't yeah. want to. Which again goes kind of into one of the myths of consent, right? That consent is not an all day pass that we purchase at the time we enter the amusement park. So I may be consenting to kissing, but that does not mean that this person I'm kissing has an all-day pass to do and go on whatever ride he chooses to go on. Right. So be, just just because I said yes in the morning doesn't mean I'm saying yes late in the afternoon. Mm. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, consent is not an all-day pass. And, and I hear this sometimes where people are like, well, that doesn't sound very romantic. Right? Like, I've got to stop and, and check in and say, are we okay to do this? Are we okay to do this? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a really different way of thinking, but I'm not sure why we don't think that that's romantic. Like, I think it's extremely sexy to have my wants and desires be valued mm-hmm. by the person that I'm in a relationship with. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that's considered, you know, unsexy or not romantic, other than it's not what we see. Right? Yeah. We, we don't really see that in movies. I, I remember growing up and, you know, one of the things that was so romantic to me in movies is where this guy would come and just grab the girl. And maybe at first she kind of fought him, maybe she didn't. But he would just grab her and take her in his arms and kiss her. And she would just melt. Right? And I thought, oh my gosh, that's so romantic. Now, fortunately, nobody's done that to me. <laughs> but... As I've educated m- myself more along being a functional, mature adult and looking at consent, I'm recognizing that like while that may look great up on the big screen, I get much more uncomfortable, especially raising daughters. Like, no, 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 no. We need to stop. Like, I don't know why it isn't romantic to say, I just really want to kiss you right now mm-hmm. before he's grabbed her and enveloped her and has his lips on her. Right. And she's fighting even maybe at the right. beginning, right? Right. I mean, we do, I think we do portray that in the media. That oh, like yeah. women, you know, it, it's okay to push past the initial fight, mm-hmm. like with women, right? Like because they don't really know what they want right. or they're not really sure yeah. or they really want it, but they, they need to say no right. or, you know, that whole idea. Well, and, and sometimes I think it is very difficult for women to say, this is what I want. Mm-hmm. You know, and some of it may go back to we raise women to be really nice. And, and so they want to go with what the group wants, right? Or mm-hmm. they defer to what somebody else wants. And I think it really takes a lot of practice to be able to say, this is what I want. This is what I don't want. This is what I like. This is what I don't like. Um, and I think, you know, saying to men, because men are watching, I mean, maybe they're not watching all the same movies women are. <laughs> But they're seeing some of these movies. And what is the message that the men are getting? Like, okay, you just have to take what you want. And eventually she will like it. Mm -hmm. Because that's what they're being shown. That's what's being told to them about women. Eventually they'll come around. Right. And they'll... Right. That women really don't know how to do the sexual piece. And so as a man, it's your job to desire her. And it's her job to be desired. But we don't really talk a lot to the female about what she desires. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I had a relationship. It was an acting out relationship. So it wasn't healthy in tremendous amounts of ways. <laughs> okay. But the one aspect of it that was healthy, well, I don't know. Okay, I'll qualify that. There's one thing that I learned. How about that? One thing that I learned in that relationship was that he had, he did ask every single step of the way. That had never happened to me before, ever in my entire life. It was always like, just take what you want. And I could push and fight no matter what. And I just had to give up in the end anyway. But mm. in this one relationship, every single step, like, is that okay? Are we okay? Can mm-hmm. I touch there? Can I do this? Can I, every single step. And though in a lot of times I didn't feel like I could say no. I mean, there was kind of that aspect of it, but there was this aspect of, wait, you get to, like, I could, like, there's, like, you're asking. Like, that was a whole new concept to me, that there was a element of, like, I have some control here, you know? And there were times where I did say no, where it stopped. Yeah. You know? And I, I look back at that, and though the relationship was crazy, that one thing, I, I could never go back to that afterwards. I could never go back to men who just, like, tried to take whatever they wanted without asking. Like, Mm. I could not, it wasn't comfortable. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't do it. And, but I, I'm afraid that that's not, that that doesn't happen in relationships. Like that that's, I guess, in the idea that going forward and having a relationship, are there really men out there that respect that, that right. act that way? You know, like well, how, do, how do we do I that? mean, I, w- I would say the answer is yes. I think though, as we start to teach them from young ages, there are going to be even more, you know, because mm-hmm. I hear from men too sometimes, like, you know, we're going along, she's totally into it. And then the next morning she regrets it and tells a different story. And, you know, and, and they are complaining about being put in that situation. And, and to me, again, I'm like, well, if we just got consent and not like nonverbal unspoken consent, but like both people are present and giving a yes and, and again, an enthusiastic yes, then we're not going to wake up th- tomorrow and really be able to backtrack on that. Right. And and so I don't know. Sometimes I'm, I'm surprised a little bit about some of the pushback men give because I'm like, this would totally eliminate and protect you as well. Mm-hmm. Like now we have two consenting adults. And how do we know they're both consenting? Because they've both said yes and they were both into it. Mm-hmm. Right. So again, it's not, um, it's not a worn down yes, or it's not that they didn't say no, which again starts to bring in this idea, you know, well, can I have sex with somebody who's really inebriated? Well, can they really give consent when they're really inebriated? I mean, they're in a physically altered state. Right. So are you going to trust their consent? Are you going to go with that consent I probably wouldn't um and and if we are learning from young ages about what consent is and I think there are men right it's not that men don't get this I think there are men who say I don't want to have sex with a woman who's drunk Mm -hmm. because like that's just not how I am that's not what I do it's not how I was raised Mm -hmm. and good for them and -hmm. good for their parents for raising them to know that no somebody who is really out of their normal state of being that's not when you want to be doing these really vulnerable right engagements with right so what's what's the first step for women okay so if we if this is an area that we struggle in in mm-hmm. consent in understanding consent and giving consent and just oh, whatever 
what's what's my first step? What's the first thing I need to work on in order to start feeling better about this idea of giving consent? So I think some of that, it always comes back to, you know, I, I think we'd always like to say, so the first step is to fix everybody in my life. <laughs> but as we learn in recovery and as we learn in the 12 steps, the first step always is to kind of go internal mm-hmm. and to work on the self. So I think starting to be able to speak up and say, I like this or I don't like that. And usually that's going to come in non-sexual ways initially. Okay. You know, so I have some clients who have said to me, um, usually when they come in for an appointment, um, we offer them a bottle of water and we'll just say like me or anybody in the waiting room may say, Hey, would you like a bottle of water? And I have some clients who that's where they begin their practice mm-hmm. and they find it so difficult for them to say no thanks mm. to a bottle of water. Like, I'm, right, and I will right. say to them, With like, no consequences. Yeah, I'm not going to be offended. Yeah. Like, I'm not like, how could you not like my water? <laughs> I'm not going to take it personal. Nobody in my staff is going to be like, oh my gosh, what a rude person. They, they said no when I offered them water, right? Like, right. we move on and don't give it a second thought. Um, but, but I think that can be a place where we start, right? And it may not be about bottled water, but starting to say, oh, I like this or no, I don't like that. Um, you know, if your friend says, hey, look at this outfit, I think you would look great in it to be able to say, actually, I don't like that neckline. Mm -hmm. You know, just starting to be you, right? And to make your wants and your needs known. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great first step. Yeah. That lots of us struggle with. Yes. Right? Yes. Yes. And and just, I mean... (laughs) And there's always a reason why we struggle with it. And mm-hmm. that's something I think, you know, that we can work on with our therapist. We can work on with our sponsor and starting to look at the messages that we got that said, you know, if, if you aren't nice, you're a, you're a witch. We know that. Right. Every little girl knows that. Right. And you can't hurt other people's feelings. And so I think at young ages, girls get into this habit of betraying themselves in order to make somebody happy. And I think consent gets really muddy as we get older when the script says you need to forget what you want and make somebody else happy. Yeah. Okay. So thank you for being here. I'm excited that we're going to be talking more kind of about this topic in January at our event as we talk about boundaries. Yeah. Right. Because this leads into that whole idea of what are the boundaries that I have? When is it okay to say no? You know, how do I protect myself right. and deal with the rest of the world and all that type of thing? So, yep. yeah, I'm excited to explore that with you in January. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks again. I hope that you enjoyed that interview as much as I enjoyed interviewing Jackie. She's fantastic. And uh, I'm super excited that she's going to be with us in January, like I said, in just a month at our Engaged in the Struggle event. Tickets are still available. You can get them on the website, www.worthrecovery.com slash events, um, or just click on the banner when you get there on www.worthrecovery.com. Real quick, just a shout out to all of our Worth Warriors. Thank you so much for your continued patronage of this podcast. It's because of you that we can keep this podcast free and available for women throughout the world. And ladies, we just continue to grow, which is just astounding to me. And I'm so grateful for you and for your recovery because your recovery strengthens my recovery. 
As always, I hope you remember that no matter what is going on in your life, no matter how far you think you've gone, no matter how you feel in this moment, you are worth recovery. 100% worth it. I know that. Keep up the fight. Don't forget, you can support Worth Recovery by being a Worth Warrior. If this podcast has helped you even a little bit, you can get on the website, look for the Worth Warrior banner, and become a patron. We would love to have you join us as a Worth Warrior. All the details are on the website, as well as all the details about our event in January, www.worthrecovery.com. I think about you, I pray for you, and I love you. I hope you have a fantastic day. Until next time, Amy. stuff. The mission of Worth Recovery is to dispel shame and build hope in the lives of women struggling with and recovering from sex addiction. I am not associated with any 12-step group, religious organization, or therapeutic clinic. I am an addict sharing my own experiences and recovery.